You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with the founder of Music with Friends, and I'm so excited. Larry Farber is here. Uh, now, Music with Friends, let's talk a little bit about it. If you don't know about it, you need to know about it, and that's why we're here on the Brand Builders Podcast to discuss this. This is a unique membership that builds itself as a one-of-a-kind experience centered on legendary musical acts performing in intimate, acoustically superb venues. Now, the artists they book are based on, you know, really the acts of their membership, the, who they want to see, right? Like, who are the artists that they want to bring in there? And really a setting that promises no bad seats in the house, you know, pre-show cocktail parties, after parties for every show. This sounds awesome. And members can, you know, attend meet and greets with the performers themselves. All this sounds amazing. Sounds like something that definitely is Scott's kind of jam um, and really something that we're excited about. So thank you so much for joining us, Larry, on this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. My pleasure. Man, it's an honor to have Larry Farber here. He is an absolute living legend in and around Charlotte and beyond, and especially in uh, the music world and industry. Um, he's shaking hands with all kinds of artists for, that we all know, and I'll let him name a few as we... Uh, move into the conversation. But before we really get going on Music with Friends, give us a, give us a little bit about, about your background, Larry. I um, began my musical career really at a young age. I was at a friend's house, and they had a baby grand piano. I started tinkling the ivories, came home, told my parents. They bought a piano. I began my career about at 12 years old, put together a few little bands in the neighborhood, I uh, started a beach band called the Rivieres. I played beach music at local venues here, Park Center, for proms. I never went to my own prom because I was playing. Then I went off to Chapel Hill, continued playing in a band, loved it. And in my senior year, I decided I had to figure out what I really wanted to do. So I thought I was going to go to law school, applied to law school, but my heart and passion was music. I thought I would let down my family by continuing music rather than being a, becoming an attorney. So I promised him I would take a year off and think about it. But during that year, I realized that it was what I wanted to do. It wasn't playing in a band as much as being on the business side. So at 22, I went off and started working for a booking agency and booked bands uh, in under uh, every roof you can imagine for, for weddings to, to uh, country club events, uh, to fairs, festivals, sporting events. Loved it, was in my blood, continued in music. And in 1976, I started, excuse me, 1986, after 13 years in the business, I started an agency uh, called East Coast Entertainment. At that point, worked uh, at East Coast from 1986 till when I retired in 2019. And basically in between that span of time, um, I did lots of other things in music. We started the Alive After Fives here in Charlotte. That was lots of fun. It's been resurrected again. And uh, and then uh, I had this sort of dream about I'd seen these wonderful acts all my life in big venues where sometimes it sounded good, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes you were sitting with people that enjoyed music and were there for the art and the beauty of it and some that didn't care. So I wanted to create this perfect environment, if you will, where we could 
see music with your friends in a great place, as you well described. And uh, I thought about it, and I also knew that in Charlotte, we had the perfect venue for it, Spirit Square, McGloughan Theater. And so it's sort of that epiphany was, hey, if I could put 600 of my best friends in this wonderful venue and create the ambience in a setting that the artists would love, our patrons would love, this would be a dream. And it wasn't about the money. It really was about uh, giving Charlotte an opportunity to have something very special. So that in a two minutes or less was sort of a, a, how my career began, some of the other things I did, and uh, and then how we started Music with Friends in 2007. That's what I was going to ask. 2007? Yes. Wow. And, you know, Scott, I hoped that this would, ha- would survive for four or five, six years. But when I saw people that first night when Michael McDonald walked on the stage and he didn't know what to expect because I didn't know what to expect. But 90 minutes later, I went, this thing might last a long time. And now, you know, 2023, our 17th season, as a matter of fact, uh, this year will be our 50th show in Charlotte. And also, I had no idea, but we were fortunate enough to have a music with friends in Charleston, one in Houston and Nashville. Unfortunately, COVID got in the way, and it just kept me from continuing those cities, and it just was going to be a lot more energy at this point in my life to resurrect them. But Charlotte is such a strong market for us in my hometown, and I know everybody, so I was never going to give up Charlotte. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and if you go on here and look at some of the people you've had, it's unbelievable. ZZ oh, yeah. Top, The Temptations, Willie Nelson, Darius Rucker. I mean, you just the Doobie Brothers, the Steve Miller brand, band, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross. Like, oh, these a, are not incredible. just a dude you got off the street. These are like <laughs> unbelievable performers. How uh, clearly your background and and everything you've done has enabled you to get in contact with these people. But you're bringing in stars, and you get to see that in an intimate setting. That sounds incredible. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I'd built up relationships with different agents and managers over the years, so I didn't have a fear of being able to bring them to the setting. And I also knew that these artists, I, I felt, would love what we had because when you walk into McGlow in the Spirit Square, it's an old Baptist church, and it's unlike probably any venue that they had played other than maybe when they started out in these beautiful historic clubs in Detroit and all over the world, but I felt that they would walk out and realize not only that they're right on top of the audience, literally the stage is five feet in front of the first row, but every seat in that place is close up. The the row that's the farthest back is 16 rows, so you're really, it's like having a concert in your home, so I felt like they would love it because, the as you mentioned, the acoustics were great. They got the immediate feeling of connecting with the audience in a way they normally don't get to connect. And because they can look into the pupils of your eyes, they could tell stories spontaneously after each song that you can't do when you're playing for 10, 20, 30,000 people. And that was the beauty. And without me saying anything, the the greatest reward is that everybody that has played there has made made comments about how special it was. I mean, 
Um, I really mean this. I, Tony Bennett, who just passed away, uh, told me afterwards that it just felt like when he started, he put his microphone down during one song and said, look, we're in, it's like being in my own home. So he was able to sing something unplugged, and it was really cool. And um, Glenn Fry from the Eagles, who's no longer with us, came up to me after the first show because he did Charlotte one night and then Charleston the next. And he said, boss man, and I first said, Glenn, don't call me boss man. You're my hero, just like he would be all of ours. He said, I've played, as you know, with the Eagles in every major stadium in the world, but my band enjoyed this more because we knew that we were playing for music lovers. We could hear ourselves play. So that was a kind of reward for me. Um, and then you look in the eyes of your 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 membership, and they are experiencing something that they've never experienced before. A lot of people don't understand what we've done, and they go, oh, this costs a lot of money. Well, yes, it does, because we're paying these artists the same amount of money they get when they play for 10,000, 20,000 people, and we're giving you a great cocktail party before, a party afterwards, the right to see these artists in a different setting. So I never apologize for that. And for the people that don't want that, then great, go to a great amphitheater. And that's I do it once in a while, too, to see big acts. But it's nothing like what we have. I mean, tell the people that went to Beyonce, they were sitting 150 yards from her with binoculars. <laughs> right. right. How that? How was right. that? You and, probably and paid, paid a good yeah, price big, for that ticket. Big pole yeah. in front of you for 350 bucks. I saw pictures a couple days ago. There I, you I go. I know y'all didn't see Beyonce. You looked at the TV. She's so far away. Yeah. So yeah. now you now you got the avenue. Now we just got to bring Beyonce into music with friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. We wish we could afford yeah. that. but That might be a little crazy. But to your point, um, what we did was... I literally said, I want to eliminate the reasons that you that, that you don't want to go to a big show. The traffic, sitting with people, again, that don't appreciate it, all of those things, being able to hear, see, feel, touch. So we're lucky to be able to do that at Music with Friends. How many members uh, do you have here in <clears throat> Charlotte now, and are you looking to accept new members? Great question, Scott. We have our sort of sweet spot has been – 550 to 600 and the reason for that is we don't want it to get more than that because then it starts to feel like as you would know as you know from being there when you have the cocktail party for an hour and a half before it gets too crowded when you have more people there can become more issues and we really don't want to ever be in a venue that's more than seven eight hundred people because it takes away the very essence of of what, of what I wanted. That. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I, people have said, oh, you could expand and have 1,000, 1,500 people. No. It'll totally change the experience. I don't want to get greedy and do it. This has worked for 17 years. And now I'm starting to believe uh, that Adam and my boys will have it well after I'm not doing this. Oh, yeah. So, Absolutely. Okay. That's a good yeah. little nugget. There you go. Wasn't sure what was next in that regard. So, uh, But are you looking for new members? Are you, you sold yeah. out? No. So I'm sorry to answer that. That's Every funny. year, um, what I love about this is we there's no obligation. You sign up for one year, three shows. We do them during the week. And after each year, you have the option to renew. You, there's no contractual obligation to stay in. So it's inherent upon me to deliver each and every show. Great artist, great food, great service. 
And then at the end of the year, November, after the last show, you can renew. And like clockwork over 17 years, no matter what, our attrition rate is only about 10%. I am wow. 90% people return. And the 10%, various reasons. Move, it could be a financial issue. Um, and I hope to think that it's a very few that don't like the concept. But every year in November, there's about 10% of people that leave. And we keep about, um, there's probably about 30 seats or 15 couples, however, mm-hmm. more members, even at this point. So we have two more shows. So we've got about 30 memberships left. We don't, you know, go out and aggressively market. It's almost word of mouth. And I'll spend a second on it because I, I realize, you know, you realize what do you do right, what you do wrong. Music with friends. We want it to be your friends. So when you're sitting there, you would come. You want to look around in your row or at least in the venue and go, Hey, these are my buddies. If And so what we'd like to do is for you to tell somebody, hey, we love this concept, so that when you look in there, I call it a country club for music lovers. Mm-hmm. So if you invite somebody to, you know, to come join your country club, you want to play golf with them, well, this is you want to listen to music with them. And it, I, I think you do have the ability as a member, if you're unable to attend an event, to give it the tickets to their children or some other friends maybe. Is, Scott, yeah. again, things that I didn't anticipate. So what? And people will say that, hey, I may be out of town. And it costs um, $1,800 a year per person for everything. So we don't want it be like three Panther games or three Hornet games. If you were paying for that, you want to use them. So what we do and what I explained, our, our great marketing director, Tonda Rifkin, that if you can't make a show, you let us know. We do one of two things. We try to sell your tickets to members, kids or members' friends. And if we can do that, you get reimbursed. If you can't, we always give you extra seats to another show. The situation is I want to treat our members like I would want to be treated, not to just throw it away. So, yes, but we didn't plan that, and we realized how can we make our members happy. So we do one of those two things. Who uh, Who's left on the docket for this year? So Show-wise. September 7, we have the great Ann Wilson from Heart, a classic wow. That's cool. You know, voice and amazing history of her music. And um, Ann was the lead singer of Heart, of course, and her sister Cindy was with her. But she does this cool solo tour that – Includes a lot of her music from heart. Amazing. And then uh, our, our next final show is, and you'll love this story, it's on November 6th, originally scheduled November 7th. It's it's Chris Isaac. Oh, Chris wow. is an incredible singer. And you'll love this. This is where I had to call an audible. We had it booked for November 7th, three months ago, until the Eagles announced they were going to be coming to town mm-hmm. November 7th. So we were lucky to move it to the day before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... You know, part of the uh, the craziness of music with friends are, is how we've had to be uh, able to change on the spot. You know, over over that time, things happen. But this last one um, will be November six. We've uh, awesome. um, it's going to be a great year, and uh, yes, it is. That's um, th- now. How far out in advance do you have to book these? Uh, acts. I mean, for next year, are you already booked? Uh, no, we we're not. And that again, these are good questions. We try to be, we try to be flexible, and the reason is real simple. If we plan too far in advance, 
then let's say, I'll give you a great story. First year, we had Tony Bennett, Gladys Knight, and um, Tony Bennett, Gladys Knight, and Michael McDonald. Well, we had booked Tony Bennett, and I'm glad we did. And about a, six weeks before we were having Tony Bennett, I got a call, sort of once-in-a-lifetime call you would get because he gets a lot of money. You were talking about Beyonce, but Stevie Wonder's manager called me, said he needs a date, a pickup date, before he goes plays the New Orleans Jazz Festival. Well, we'd already had Tony booked, and I knew we would never have a chance to get somebody like Stevie. But the reason we don't want to book too far in advance, we want to be able, because, look, our members, as long as we do it during the week, um, we can be adaptable. So I like to book at least three, four months in advance and then just see who's going to be routed through the South or who might need an extra date. So that's the beauty is we try to buy a great act at a great value and give people the best possible. But you can't do that if you're planned too far in advance because mm-hmm. you don't know who's going to be available. So great question. That's real cool. Real cool. So I want to jump into uh, you got a beautiful book right in front of you. And Thank you. I, I have a feeling you might be the author of that book. Is I that am. Correct? Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Um, in and uh, in, in how did that come about? Because you have years and years of experience working with so many different artists, and the and the book is called uh, Noted Memories: How a Kid from Charlotte Had a Moment with Tony, Aretha, Bonnie, Cheryl, and more. Tell us about how this all happened, and you know if you got a, if you got a book right that you've written. It's got to be something people want to read, and I got a feeling people want to read about this. Thanks uh, for that. Well, it was inspired from two 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 places in my heart. One, um, one of my friends wrote a book um, about their life, and I read it, and I was really inspired by it. And I thought, I don't think what I do is any more important than what anybody does, but it's exciting and been fun. And sometimes I do slap myself going, wait a second, I'm having dinner with Glenn Fry here at BLT Restaurant in Charlotte, or I'm sitting in a room with Aretha Franklin, and I'm backstage counting money to her to pay her before she goes on, or Smokey Robinson calls me and said, hey, I want some barbecue, let's go to Max, or uh, Diana Ross needs a special thing, and I went, wait a second, there are so many stories that I've had over the years from the beginning to where I am now that I wanted to share it for my kids and my grandkids, three that I have now, two more coming. And so when pops is not around that they can read and, and know about what I did. And also growing up in Charlotte, a lot of my friends shared my musical journey. So during COVID when the club was down for a while and things were slow, I just started writing down the stories. And then I connected with this guy, Ken Garfield, who used to work with The Observer, and he was a great help of helping me organize it in a cohesive manner. And I was able, I wanted just to tell the story of my life in music from that first piano until uh, this middle C, uh, our jazz club, and just leave a little bit of a legacy for my kids. And I really enjoyed it. It was so cool. And I only got maybe 10% of the stories in here and only told the ones I could tell. Ah. 
When you're opened up to chapter three, a dream comes true. Um, I had a feeling you might want to say something about that that chapter or that page. Yeah, this was you know really a, about about music with friends and that dream that first night that Mike McDonald. But you know what you were mentioning is that uh, there there's been so many so many cool events that have happened and and cool experiences uh, with Middle C and you know I mentioned. The first thing with Michael McDonald, Tony Bennett, but you know, um, I mean, here I'm flipping around was Jackson Brown, who came to Charlotte, and one of his songs he he took uh, a song from Maurice Williams, who's a local Charlotte guy, "Stay," and um, and so when Jackson was here, he was staying at the Dunhill, and I walked across the street for sound check to take him, escort him to to Spirit Square. And I said, Jackson, you know, I, I managed Maurice Williams in my early days, and I know that uh, he lives here in Charlotte. He goes, he's here in Charlotte? I said, yeah. He said, do you know how to get in touch with him? I said, of course. So I called Maurice. Maurice, of course, came over to the sound check, and he surprised our crowd and came out and did his song with Jackson. And that kind of magic, that kind wow. of excitement, you just can't replicate and there was the great Jackson Brown talking about Maurice as though he was the god of all music. And and for Jackson Brown, he was. And for our crowd in Charlotte, it, again, it was something that you just can't recreate. And it was it was beyond cool. And Bonnie Raitt, here's another great story. My wife's favorite. Bonnie Raitt came. And Darius Rucker, who's a friend, and we play golf and gotten to know each other and uh, Scott knows that connection with his guitar player. Well, Darius always wanted to sing the song Angels from Montgomery with uh, Bonnie. He had just finished doing a gig in Vegas. He took the red eye. He showed up in Charlotte, and he came backstage. I'd cleared it with Bonnie. She was glad to do it. And Bonnie said to, to Darius, do you need to rehearse the song with me? He said, no, nah, we got this. And awesome. and people didn't know it. All of a sudden, Bonnie brings out Darius Rucker and 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 <laughs> performed. And it's that kind of magic. One night, I had um, a, a Smokey Robinson uh, playing, and I'd had Hall and Oates. Who knew that Daryl Hall's favorite person was Smokey? So he flew into a Music with Friends event, got on stage. The two of them jammed together. It's that kind of magic, those kind of spontaneous things that have that's happened over the years that have been great. Here I'm flipping to a page, had Cheryl Crow in 2010, and it was the week after the Masters. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Harris, who was a member and was one of my partners in the beginning, brought Freddie Couples to the show. Freddie Couples came up to me at the cocktail party and, and said, Larry, if you'll introduce me to Cheryl Crow, I'll take you anywhere in the world to play golf. <laughs> and I went, deal. And <laughs> yeah. I went backstage. I promised I am not making up any of this. And I said, Cheryl, do you know Freddie Couples? Is oh yeah, I love golf. I um, you know, I'm a big fan of his. I said, Well, he told me he needs a little help on a short game. So she laughed. I said, Do you mind if I bring him back to the meet and greet that you were talking about? She said, No, I'd love to meet him. So they went back. I could see a little chemistry, something going on. And I stayed out of it. They took a picture. It was in the paper the next day. So I promise you, I went to the Masters the next year 
One of my partners in music with friends was a member there. So I was behind the ropes and Freddie Couples was holding court at one of these big trees, talking to everybody. I walked up to him, said, Freddie, remember me? He goes, oh, yeah, the guy introduced me to Cheryl, and he brings me and puts his arm around me. I said, Freddie, I don't care about any of this. Where are we going to play golf? Yeah. <laughs> and, and he'll just laugh. But it's that kind of cool cool stuff that you Where would, did you go play golf? We didn't go play golf. Oh, he, Fred, hey, still uh, Fred, hey. Come on, Fred. Come on, Freddie. So, Come on, Fred. That's right. And IOU is still out there. Right there you now. go. So it's that kind of crazy stuff that's happened. And, you know, we've had things that, uh, you know, um, one of the things I think about is the people that have passed, whether it's Tony, whether, you know, it was Glenn Fry. We had Steely Dan, their lead guitarist. Walter Becker's gone. Um, you know, Aretha, of course. As these people age, how do you replace that memory of getting a chance to have seen them up close, personal? That's why not only do I apologize for uh, what we charge, it's an experience. You know, everybody, you like sports, you like, you spend, you have that discretionary dollar. Being a person that loves music, to me, is the best dollar you ever will spend in your life. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I agree. It's just so cool, and it speaks volumes to your your focus on relationships and and all that you've built within the music world, especially. And um, man, I'm just proud to know you. Oh, and, stop uh, it! No, it's just it's so cool, and and I've become such great friends with Adam and and other uh, folks within your family. And yes, uh, you guys are just awesome, man. So you're kind. Um, yeah. And, and you mentioned middle C, uh, you know, he's a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> he's, he's the visionary behind middle C jazz club, bringing jazz to Charlotte, uh, which was a, an area that I don't think Charlotte had any sort of Avenue to even go see that type of music. And, and the club is just really awesome. And, and cool, and um, I know you spend a lot of time and energy there. And if if you want to meet Larry, come on out to Middle C, and and I promise you he'll be there and be around. I will. Um, but yeah, just just so awesome, man. So what's next for you? <laughs> I know you've retired from East Coast. You know, um, I I keep thinking, and I did think that uh, Middle C was the last uh, wish list, bucket list thing. But I think what happens is if all your life, and this would be something I would tell people, if, all, if this is what you've done all your life, you have dreams, you have a vision, you have ideas, you know, there's no age limit on when you stop wanting to see those things succeed. Thankfully, now it's not about money. It's about passion. It's about making Charlotte a better place. Um, so when I think of these things, like, for example, we just started with Bob Durkin, a South Park After Five we're doing, we did some in the spring. We're doing six more this fall. You know, it's it's just, um, I love thinking of ideas within that music world. Um, you know, maybe we expand Middle C to another city, um, music with friends. I did have it in four cities at one time. And had COVID not come, we would have had it. But um, it's been a great career. I've loved it. And there's always ideas percolating in here. <laughs> right. And and he, he touched on it a little bit, but we've had Jen and Quentin on the podcast, um, both of them individually and then together recently. Yeah. And um, Larry's the one that I think was kind of behind. He's, he's also a matchmaker. Well, you know, it was great. It was, no, it's such a cool thing. I mean, Jen may have told you a story. Part of, um, yeah. 
part of the gift of being in the business, and I say this to everybody, is that using your connections to make the world better. So Jen, who wanted to do this great deal for the veterans, came to me and said, hey, Larry, can you help me get Darius to do this fundraiser? And I said, Jen, I would love to help you, but I can't begin to tell you how many requests these artists get all the time, and they rarely do it. And she wouldn't take no for an answer. That's the best. She never does. She would not. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Jen Snyder Gibson? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She would not take no. Yeah. And you and and her case was powerful. So I suggested put together a really compelling piece of, of your mission and what you want to do. I know his manager will fly to Nashville. We'll tell him, look, just give us an hour at lunch. She got on the plane with me. We gave him an hour. He still said, no, he won't do it, but this is a great deal. Jen would not take no. She said, I'll accept no, but not until you talk to him. Believe it or not, he was moved by it. He decides to do it. He comes to town, and Jen took over, and there's this guy named Quentin playing guitar. The next thing I know, they meet each other. And so not only did we fulfill her mission and raise a lot of money, but gave her happiness for the rest of her life with a great guy. So you never know, right? You never know. <laughs> I've never heard that story. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I never knew I, I yeah. knew I knew that she had obviously met him. Yeah. And I just thought Jen was invited to a concert and got to go backstage and oh, got to meet man. him. I had no Mr. idea Mr. that's Florida. how it happened. I know. You know what? And that's Jen's cool saying story. no. No, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Equaled her saying yeah. yes for the rest of her life. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's actually not unbelievable, Jen. We know for no, fact. Typical like, that's typical. That's you. Yeah. You, you make it happen. That's such a cool story. Wow. Lucky for you, Quentin. That's right. There you go. Um, that's oh, amazing, yeah. man. So, you know, now you, you talk a lot about your your kids, and now you have grandkids, and um, obviously I've gotten to to meet you know Adam through through Scott, and and you should be so proud of him and what Great he's been guy. able to do, and and you can see the passion that that he takes off of of your example, right? Um, what do you see, kind of the future of the family when you when you officially do step away, which we hope you don't. Um, is Adam gonna gonna take the reins? Is is the other kids gonna take the reins? What's kind of your dream and what's the the mission behind that? Well, what I hope is what you realize uh, is that you want to get this thing airborne and stable and flying uh, at a good altitude without any turbulence. And and we're there now. And Adam has a great career in commercial real estate. But I think being around his dad all his life with music, that you know he loves that part of it. So. I see when I step back that Adam will have more of a management role. And Reed, my youngest son, uh, is in the music business with East Coast Entertainment. He's kicking butt and doing really well. And he's helping me on the most important part of this. It's programming, programming, programming. Because we have this wonderful venue, and it's, it's the sound is great, and our staff is great. But in order to, to perpetuate this, You've got to be creative and not just put a group in there, but a group with a theme. And you've got to figure out and curate these shows that will appeal to people. And then you've got to be able to go, this is working, this isn't working. And Reed is learning that. And while he has a job with East Coast that's much more important, I think as they learn what their dad did, they can make sure there are people in those positions that can do those things so that uh, music with friends, middle seat will live long after dad's not doing it. So that's my hope. And then my middle son's a 
neurosurgeon, so he didn't have to worry about any of this. <laughs> he's, he's set. He's, he's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Well, he's gonna. He'll, he'll be. Well. A, he, is he a member? At least. All right, when he moves back, he, All right, he'll be we're going to double charge him. That's right, yeah. That's right. You, you get charged double for moving that's away. Right. Now that's you, right. Now we'll bring you back in. Well, Larry, this has been amazing. I'm going to let Scott kind of close it out because he's so good with you, and I know he probably has some things. Oh, no. I, 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 you know, again, thank you for your time. My pleasure. Um, I know you're a busy man, and we're, we're just honored that you would take a few minutes to talk with us about this. And, and, and I've already said it. I'm, I'm just proud to know you and, and – and, uh, you know, thankful for our relationship and, and um, looking forward to, to growing more memories together. You're a good friend. Thank yes, you sir. all. This is great that you're doing this, and I'm honored to have been here. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank you, guys. Appreciate I love it. it. Uh, like we always mention, go check out Music with Friends. If you're interested, um, definitely reach out to them. Um, but amazing what you've been able to do in this, I would say, city, arena, community. I can't wait to see, you know, what else we get to do. It's kind of cool seeing Charlotte grow up right in front of us. And, and I do appreciate people that have that um, attention to detail when it comes to keeping music alive, right? You know, having Middle C and creating the jazz, you know, the, the relationships that Scott has and creating Goldies and just creating music venues that seem to be evaporating right in front of our eyes um, is something that's scary, right? So to see people that are committed to that and putting the money behind it, and not only that, the passion is something that you should be very proud of. And it's something that our city, um, as, a, as a person in the community, we can only say thank you, right? Because if there weren't people like you and and all of the investors, you know, we just have to go to Bank of America Stadium for eighty five thousand well, people, and, and that's all we got. And music, just oh, I've said it a thousand times, but it 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 is the one thing that brings people together. It brings community together. I mean, yes, people love sports, but not everybody likes the same sport. And I understand not everybody likes the same music. Mm -hmm. But when there's music in the room, no matter what it is, people are usually feeling good. Uh, communicating with each other, no, no matter your race, your background, where you're from, right. what you're trying to do, it's that moment where everybody's having a good time, and I just love that about music. So especially live anyway, music, live you're, music. You're right, and, and I it. think we need more of it in Charlotte. And uh, Larry's been an integral part of bringing that to our city. So, Thank you so much, um, well, yes, sir. I'm just impressed you learned to play the piano so young. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, my musical talent uh, ended at the recorder, and. Uh, <laughs> That was about it. So I had no music, but I love music. I was just more of the athlete. So I, I stayed in my lane. There you um, go. I love it. Larry, thank you so much. Like we always say, like, share, comment, go check them out. Follow them on social media. Uh, if you're not a member and you're interested, definitely check that out as well. And uh, and everybody go buy his book. We're going to put a link on there for the book so we can, uh, we can promote that as well. And just thank you so much for joining us. And uh, until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com <laughs>